0: Bringing you all the buzz on sports in the Beehive State. It's the Hive Sports Podcast. Jazz, college football, bees—we got them all. So listen up, because we 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 got the buzz. Turn down the what?
1: Welcome to another episode of the Hive Sports. Um, I'm your host, Jake Sorensen, here for this Cause Monday. I'm excited to talk to you guys today. There's a couple of awesome things going on with BYU, and uh, we're really excited to get into it just um, as a starter to today. Um, follow us on At The Hive Sports on your social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also, uh, check out the website for uh, thehivesports.com and uh, give all the articles a read. Uh, I know there's a lot of time and effort put into those, and I know also that the content is is excellent, so um, make sure you you take a look there and give us a follow on there, and also give us a rating on uh, Apple Podcasts as well as Spotify podcasts. Um, today, just getting into it, we're really really excited to um, kind of go over uh, Jaron Hall. Um, we mentioned in weeks past that we're going to be going an in depth look on these quarterbacks as the quarterback, uh, competition really gets, uh, I guess, uh, heated up. And, uh, we're going to go in depth on Jaron Hall today. Um, his 31 completions, his 45 incompletions. We're going to talk about his experiences, um, in that USF South Florida game, as well as that game up in Logan against Utah state. And then to cap it all off, we're actually going to have the opportunity to listen, uh, to Dan and a little bit of myself talk about, um, Logan as we go into the third away game. Um, for the the season. We're going to talk about Utah State and we're going to talk about um, just some cool things to do there in Logan as uh, we fans travel to that away game up there. Um, So we're really, really excited to talk about that today. But um, to kind of kick it off, um, before we get into Jaron Hall, before we start talking about the QB competition, I just wanted to touch base on some really cool things that we saw this week via social media. So um, the first one I kind of wanted to touch base on was this uh, video that BYU football posted. Um, as part of their camps this week, um, we know that they have these summer camps coming back on, and they have some recruiting going on. They've had some five-star recruits um, for the first time in a long time out to to the school to check it out um, for unofficial visits. We've had some really awesome um, social media content though, and that's one thing where BYU's really stepped it up over the past year or so with the social media content and the opportunities to to really engage with fans there. But one of the things that I saw was this video, the rebuild. Renew, I think it's restore is what it said on the the, um, the headline. And part of the video is basically this coach, and he's just walking um, down the cement part of uh, Lavelle Edwards Stadium, walking back and forth with his whistle. And then you have this group of football players who's doing their summer conditioning, their summer workouts, putting in that extra effort in the offseason that we really um, have come to, to love about um, the BYU social media platform. And they're running the stadiums. And Zach Wilson kind of alluded to this when um, I think it was right before the draft or right after the draft, that one of his favorite things uh, last year during the, the summer prep was getting out there to do those stadium runs and to build that that team chemistry through stadium runs and really, I guess, show that effort that they're ready to, to rock and roll this next season. But it was awesome just hearing the, the coach yell, like, get up here in eight seconds. And then you just hear the, the synchronization of all these players just running up the stadiums and it was one of those moments where, as a BYU fan, I'm sitting there and I'm like, "Wow, this team! I think this team has some potential." And I'm like, I'm watching stadium runs. I'm not even watching plays. I'm not watching any of this kind of stuff. But it's those little things, um, from my my feeling, my experience, that kind of pump up me as a fan. That say, "Hey, the Cougars! Wow, they're they're really kind of they're prepping for a, a really solid year here, and they they have some some serious talent." And they're really committed to, to those little things um, in the off season that are going to make this season something great. And, I mean, we've all been excited over the past month as we hear that Puka Nakua and Samson Naku are coming to BYU. And we've been really excited um, to see, like, Hinkley Ropati and uh, a, a couple of these other guys um, get healthy again. Chaz Ayu is healthy again. He's posting on social media. He's engaged in not just um, the, the platform that BYU has been really – Focused on lately with um, love one another, but he's been focused on mental health awareness and it's really been just I, I think the BYU uh, social media platforms got me so excited for this upcoming year and, and I think there's some really cool things there. Another thing that I noted this week on the social media platforms um, as part of the off season workouts is this cutback elite, Jamal Willis, getting these guys out there and kind of getting them prepped for the new year. You had um, videos posted Saturday of Tyler Algier, Dallin Holker, and then you also had um, Neil Pau out there with Jamal um, doing his cutback elites, working with the sticks, um, just working on their cutting, working on their overall footwork, and seeing those athletes get involved with with coach um, that, that he's a really solid coach, not on the BYU staff, but who is really just working on performance for all of these players. It's cool to see how they've kind of realized, hey, there's some people who specialize in these things and we can make something really awesome out of this. I'm really happy to see BYU kind of take that that stance and get some of their players out there. It reminds you of Zach Wilson's, um, he drove to California 10 hours over the weekend all summer long to to build that relationship with John Beck and to get um, some serious footwork in and to get that opportunity to, uh, to work there in Southern California with John. Um, and it makes you feel like, man, maybe BYU is starting to kind of, touch base with some of these former athletes um former players that still love byu and want to be involved just they can't be on the coaching staff and so they're supporting them in a different way and i think we we saw um jordan pendleton also um he's posted some videos there's another guy um that i i can't remember his name i know dax millen was working with him prior and i know right now there's a couple of byu and utah guys working with him um but just overall performance management um leaders in the community who who've really established themselves as people of of credibility and um, it's really cool to see some of these local guys um, make a, a real impact um, I guess in their summer workouts so that this fall we can watch some excellent football really really excited for what's to come and I, I'm, I'm really excited also for some of these guys that are going to be on the team with the Nakua brothers and some of these other guys I've already mentioned who are coming back um, quick note uh, we're going to talk a little bit about depth charts today. Um, obviously, we're going to be talking about Jaron Hall. Um, but in the coming weeks, we're going to be talking about Baylor Romney, Jacob Conover, and then Solje Maiba. Um, we're going to go over the, the QB depth chart. We're going to talk a lot about um, who who really is the number one QB. I know they've mentioned that somebody's working with John Beck. Is that the guy who's also going to be QB1 this next year? Um, just because you work with John Beck anymore, does that mean you are QB1? I would probably say no, just because obviously there's, there's quarterbacks that can develop with multiple different uh, uh, resources in the offseason. But it, it kind of gives you that feeling that if somebody's willing to drive to Southern California to work with a guy who's working with NFL talent and obviously was a huge mentor for Zach Wilson, uh, it's somebody that you want to to kind of cue in on and see what they're doing differently. And um, I think uh, we'll be really impressed with whoever is QB1 um, this uh, upcoming season, and uh, I'm really excited uh, to talk about that. But um, So as a, a continuation, um, like I already mentioned, we're going to be talking about Jaron Hall a little bit. And as part of my preparation, I took a, a dive into the game against South Florida. Um, the, the first time that Jaron actually got his concussion and was knocked out, but there were some key plays. Uh, I mean, a lot of the plays were kind of like um, what you'd seen Zach run prior, where BYU is getting into this run, um, run pass spread. Um, just that whole system, the Shanahan system kind of kind of vibe that Aaron Roderick's really developed. Um, but it was cool to see, I mean, not just these like middle of the field throws, very accurate throws, a couple off the money, but um, my favorite throw, obviously, I think, is the one that we all saw, and, and one of the biggest highlights out there. If you look at uh, look it up, but uh, Jaron Hall throws this over the shoulder pass to Dax Milne, catches it in the corner in the end zone, um, and and BYU is on a, on a tear at that point, really just going up. and You don't think BYU has any chance of losing this game with how efficient the offense is running in, in that first portion of the game, um, and then the other big one is. Jaron Hall um, the, the pocket kind of breaks down and he takes off running um, and he's zipping in and out of, of the defense and, and making some really good running reads um, he just looked like he has that overall package and it's kind of what BYU's trended towards over the past years. Taysom Hill was kind of a transitionary um, role because with um, with Bronco um, you just saw, I mean, Taysom really ran the ball a lot more. He wasn't as much of a pocket presence, and then over the, the last years of his BYU career, as uh, many injuries had uh, kind of impacted him, he started to get more of that pocket presence, and, and he became that that leader that, I mean, we've now seen with the New Orleans Saints, with the, the Swiss Army Knife style, and last year getting finally some quarterback reps, and somebody who likely is going to get the starting position there with the Saints this year, but um, it was really cool to kind of dive deep, and and look at Jaron in that same light. Jaron Hall is Taysom Hill 2.0. And not even just Taysom Hill 2.0, but I I mentioned this on a Jets podcast and we were talking about Zach Wilson a few weeks back that uh, Jaron Hall really is basically the Russell Wilson that BYU um, has right now. Um, Russell Wilson was that that quarterback with that pocket presence his ability to make reads in the pocket but also that ability to scramble and get out of the pocket when necessary when he was at Wisconsin and um, Jaron Hall really does have that presence about him uh, there's a couple of things with the way he's, he makes reads and he doesn't always go to his number one he he does his check downs obviously he's looking at option two three four um, maybe wakes his way back to one he makes his reads quick and if you noted during Zach Wilson's entire draft process one of the things that um, the people scouting him always mentioned was that he made it through his progressions quickly efficiently not too quickly where he's overlooking a a potential option but he also just could fit the ball into tight windows and that's the feeling you get from jaron if you're watching his plays from south florida specifically he fit that ball to dax in a very tight window some of his other throws were in very tight windows some of those over the over the middle throws were on the money um i think having a year off it could go both ways it could be where he's he's rusty um and he's not fully like ingrained in the system because he hasn't played played live, live reps. But then again, I mean, you're playing college guys every week, um, in these practice, in these practices, and really you're ramping up against the people that are the same quality, the same caliber that you'd be playing against on Saturdays or Fridays, depending on the week, obviously. But it really, it it gave me the feeling that Jaron is, is QB one. I would, I would select him as QB one, just watching some of the, the things, um, from those two, From those games, Utah State um, it was interesting just watching some of his throws in that game, some of the ability to get to the running back and, and do checkdowns that that process that byu 's gotten really into if the the um, deep bomb 's not there, check down to the, the running back and do a little screen draw kind of look and, and get the running back to run the ball still, but off of a pass and there's some really awesome things that I noted um, with his ability to kind of draw defender 's eyes. One way, and then still get it off to the to the running back Um, on those those runs. um, So Jaron on the injury run, I guess something that I noted was Jaron didn't really have a major impact. Like there wasn't a time when you see Jaron go down and you're like, okay, yeah, he has a concussion. It looked like a normal like okay the dude rolled into the end zone and he's fine like he didn't seem to get up too slowly like it seemed like he was able to to kind of get right back to it um but it wasn't one of those things where you see him like totally stumble and like not be able to to get off the field because of a concussion I I think there's something there to to read into that maybe is um how fragile is Jaren Hall and um, I feel like it, if Jaron Hall can stay healthy for a full slate and maybe even into postseason, if if BYU can make a playoff run with the schedule they have, or if they even just get one bowl game, if he can stay healthy, he he's an NFL talent. It's just a matter of can he stay healthy, and we all want him to stay healthy. I mean, he's obviously if he's the best option at quarterback, you want your best option staying healthy. But the the crazy thing is BYU has three and on a on trend to a fourth really solid QB option that if Jaron goes down there's not really a lot of panic coming from me as a fan to say oh crap BYU's in in trouble because I feel like Jacob Conover um, Baylor Romney, they're both going to give the prep every week. And I'm, I'm, I'm speculating, obviously. Jaron Hall might not be QB1, and I might be totally off base. It's just from those those 45 passes and seeing some of his runs, I think he, he has the ability to make those reads a little bit more consistently, um, the ability to scramble a little bit more consistently, um, then, some of the other guys and uh, the sample size for Jacob Conover is really small. Um, as was mentioned last year, he was the top dog there, um, at the university for, um, for the scout team reps. And he was really getting his sea legs under him last year. And so, I mean, there's not really a, there's a little bit of a sample size, um, but, it just doesn't feel like I know for sure how how he would perform. He has a confidence about him. Obviously, a four-star recruit. Um, he obviously has some talent, or BYU wouldn't have recru- recruited him. And I mean, I trust in Aaron Roderick. I trust um, in Fessy Sataki. I trust this offense. Um, offensive. Um, Leadership that has been put in place by Kalani, uh, that they're really going to make the right decision for the team overall. I ju- I'm just really impressed with Jaron though, still, and I think he'll be QB one, and we'll just hope that he can stay healthy and that he can avoid any of those concussion symptoms. As has been noted many times, once you have one, it's a lot easier to to get hurt with number two, three, four, five, and six. You know what I mean? Like it, it can be one of those those career perpetual injuries that people deal with. So hopefully it's not something that keeps him um, from hitting his goals, giving up baseball completely to just focus on football. It seems like he's all in. So I, I'm really rooting for the guy and Jaron's our guy that way. Um, as a, a means to to kind of cap off today's episode I just want to talk about um, what I touched base on at the beginning how awesome it is that BYU has these summer football camps back and there's some really cool talent that's coming out to to Provo to show um, just what they've got Dallin Johnson a legacy Cougar um, obviously getting his official offer from BYU and then taking it so far as to commit uh, immediately so I'm really really excited for Dallin um, Javon Rice, I believe he's the brother of Quentin Rice. Um, he's a running back out of Las Vegas. Um, and he is a, a legacy Cougar. I mean, his brother obviously committed just barely the wide out, um, from Vegas, but, um, he's a really cool talent that I'm excited to see what comes uh, for him. There's actually a couple guys that are being recruited both by BYU and by Utah, um, I think it'll be kind of interesting there's a quarterback for from for twenty twenty two I believe it is that made his unofficial visit um, and then that five star defensive back um, out of Florida that, that stopped by and, and saw BYU this week. It was really cool because, I mean, his dad was there. I believe it's his dad or a family member. Um, and they dressed up in the BYU gear. And then the tweet came out. He's like, hey, give me a shot, Coach. I'm, I'm ready to strap on the pads. I have another year of eligibility or something of that nature. And it was really, really funny to to kind of just see the camaraderie there, but also just the excitement around BYU football. To see a five-star recruit come from Florida, Not necessarily from what my understanding is a ton of ties to BYU and obviously a five-star guy who's probably getting um, a lot of attention from a lot of SEC schools, ACC schools down there in Florida. Um, and probably even uh, some of these bigger teams out west here. But I'm really, really impressed with some of these guys. BYU has been able to pull out to to get up here to um, Utah to check out these summer camps. And there was something I actually brought up this week. Do we only offer a guy if he's come to our summer camps? It kind of goes to the rule of, if you haven't really seen them play like in person in a summer camp and interact, is it worth an, uh, an, an offer? And I, it seems that Kalani's taking the approach of kind of both. If somebody hasn't come to BYU, we just want the best. And if the best are the best, then doesn't matter if they've come to a summer camp. It, it does help because it allows us to see that sample size, but it's not a mandatory thing for for BYU coaches to, to see, to make an extended an offer. And it's just one of those, um, I guess, other options and other data points that the coaches can use as they're making these offers to to some of these recruits. Um, I will say though, just from how many offers were extended this week from the camps, a couple offensive linemen by uh, Coach Funk and uh, a couple of other guys. I really think BYU has quite the uh, opportunity to, to make some strides, especially in the recruiting of these 2023-2024 athletes who have been making their way to this, these camps. Some of the 2022 guys, obviously, um, but... Um, just some really, really awesome, um, recruits coming out and getting their unofficial visits in or coming to camp. So really excited that way. Um, and then lastly, um, one of these, uh, guys that recruited actually back in 2018 and committed and got back from his mission. Uh, it was announced that he's, uh, hit his requirements for school. It's Viliami, um, can't remember his, his last name or first name. Um, but he's a linebacker out of uh, East high school. And I, I'm really excited for for him to be on the team. His coach came out on Twitter and said, "I've never seen an athlete like him in all my years of coaching. I think it's 24 years of experience coaching." And so that got me hyped too. Just I I think the overall engagement of BYU fans on these social media platforms has increased my confidence in the off season that. Uh, you're not going to take a step backward, um, really, from from Zach Wilson. He's a generational talent, obviously. And BYU will have their work cut out from him with the, the P5, G5 schedule they have this year. But in general, you just feel like BYU is going to really, I mean, have a heck of a season. And if I were looking at it right now, if I had all these pieces that I know are going to be back and I'm looking at the depth at wide out I'm looking at the depth at quarterback I'm looking at the offense and then I'm also looking at the defense so some of these guys they have coming back with Chaz Ayu and um some of these other um Peely and you've got um Peyton Wilgar and you've um, I mean uh Saleti Fabliaki um you've got um Uriah Leatua. um you've got some of these guys coming back that are I mean they played they've got reps and that's the depth aspect that we've been talking about for weeks with BYU football there's just something different about how they're being built right now and it doesn't seem like that trend is going to be going downward it's only up um, up from here and hopefully consistently just growing and and continually getting better I'm really really excited for Kalani and some of these guys Um, just to kind of segue in now um, we're going to be listening to to Dan um, talk about Logan like I mentioned at the beginning and I actually had the opportunity to live in Logan for a little bit. So just as a segue into to getting him his, his time um, to talk to us about Logan and the, the opportunity there um, at Utah State uh, to travel to that away game. Um, some of my favorite places that I've come to know in Logan um, just over my short period of time is the eating, the eatery options. Um, you have Sabores, which is that uh, chef, I can't remember his name, but he cooked for US presidents. He, he opened his own restaurant there. It's really cool. You've got Morty's, the best burger in town, they say. Um, it's up by campus. Um, also, I think they have a food truck that they kind of travel around the Cache Valley with. So that's a really um, awesome option. You never can go wrong with Morty's. Um, Cafe Sabor, great Mexican food, local guy, has multiple locations now, obviously, one down in Layton, but um, that's just, if you go and eat there in the old train um, train house, it's really, really cool. Um, an aw- awesome place to eat there for Cafe Sabor. Um, you've also, I mean, you've got your Main Street Grill. You've got some of your other burger places. Um, you've got Bluebird there downtown. But one of my personal favorites where I actually ate last week was Mamo's. And if you can go check out Mamo's, my goodness, Mamo's has the best cajun food in utah i mean fried catfish you're not going to get catfish better than that you got gator bites you've got a pastrami burger that's just to die for with bacon Um, you've got some i mean shrimp and grits you can get your shrimp baskets Uh, really anything that you can think of cajun po boys anything like that they've got it and it tastes amazing you're not ever gonna miss out if you go to mamos on not only that but an amazing staple in the community with service and and that aspect of it some cool things there in logan also i'm a big fisherman so if you're gonna go up for the game maybe take some time to go fishing for that weekend um there's plenty of lakes and fish the logan river go golfing um there at the logan river golf course um or any of the other clubs there in, uh, in Cache Valley. Just really excited for Dan to kind of share his, his places to stay and places to go. And um, that's just my little in, uh, input there, and my two cents. So um, enjoy listening to Dan right now and uh, um, go Cougs, obviously, and uh, happy Cause Monday.
0: I'd like to thank Jake Sorensen for having me on just to talk a couple minutes about my favorite place. One of my favorite places in the world, which is Logan, Utah. Some of you are probably wondering, what's so great about Logan? It's just in the middle of nowhere, about a half hour off the I-15 freeway, but um, there's there's some fun stuff to do. And, and Jake touched on some good eatery places, uh, and I agree with a lot of those. Um, if you're looking for ice cream, definitely check out the famous Aggie ice cream, and, and the Aggie Blue Mint flavor is a great one. And and yeah, I hope you enjoy this uh, series of of covering all the BYU road games, and how, and hopefully we can help you plan some great vacations. Uh, the past couple weeks, so this is our third um, one we've done. I, I If you go to thehivesports.com and to the BYU section, you can see the past ones that I've already written about are the, the game against Arizona in Las Vegas, a neutral site game, and Los Angeles, and those are great vacation destinations, but I have Logan close behind, just... Having lived there, I can t- I can tell you a lot of the fun stuff to do there. Um, if you're a, a hiker out an outdoorsy person, you want to look at the Wind Caves that they got a nice view there and some little caves with the lookout um, of Logan Canyon, which is beautiful. And the Crimson Trail is a little more challenging hike, but 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 that's an also a beautiful foresty area. Um, so so that so that's good to check out um, and. Yeah, Jake already mentioned a lot of the the food places, but definitely try Aggie ice cream and and even if you're not a fan of mint ice cream, the Aggie blue mint is something you you got to try. It has some good chocolate mixed in with it and a nice creamy blue ice cream. And so just a little bit to help you navigate around Logan but because you're probably wondering uh, like like how to get around. Um it's it's about 2 hours away from Salt Lake City Airport if you're going in that way. So if you want to, um, you might want to price it out, but you might not even need a uh, a rental car because yeah, you can get a bus up to Logan, and there's a, a free cash Valley Transit. Uh, so so you can between the, like 6 a.m. and 9 p.m. you can just go around with that, and it also depends on where you stay for a hotel because and the there's the anniversary inn that's a that's a few miles away if if you're celebrating your anniversary that weekend there's got they've got some good themed rooms um that's a chain i think they have one in salt lake as well but but yeah in logan the university inn is less than a mile away from the stadium so so if you are are going to the university inn and just planning on going to the game not doing much then then yeah like i said you might not need a rental car but that's something you can price out the, um, there are a lot of historic buildings. The old main building is a, probably one of the most historic ones you want to look at. It, it's about a mile south of, of Maverick Stadium, and it lights up blue when the Aggies win. So you're probably crossing the fingers that it doesn't light up blue at least for the the football game that weekend. But um, but but we'll but we'll see what happens. Um, the old wagon wheel is a historic rivalry. I believe it's been going on since the 1950s. The 1920s, I think, is when the Aggies and BYU had their first uh, game against each other. I think at that point, BYU had just become, switched from BYU Academy to BYU, the university, but USU is still um, Utah Agricultural College, so um, it it should be fun. Uh, There's a lot of historic, you, you can see, I mean, the Logan Temple, a lot of you are probably members of the LDS faith, and Logan Temple is a really beautiful historic building. Uh, and, and they're building another one in Smithfield, which is a little bit north, um, but 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 likely where the Smithfield Tabernacle is, and in downtown Logan, the, the Logan Tabernacle is also a beautiful building. So so there's a lot to look at. But again, you can um, reach out to me, thehivesports at thehivesports@gmail.com, if you have any specific questions. I know uh, you, you can also reach out to Jake, jakersoar 21 on Twitter. He he knows a lot about the fishing. Because he did a lot more fishing than I did in my 17 years living there, and probably in his one semester in Logan. Um, but, but yeah, I, I hope you en- enjoy this, uh, the and Logan, and have a fun time and go BYU.